0: Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. We built Entree Architect Academy for you, the small firm architect, with the business resources and training you need and a community of supportive, friendly, sharing architects just like you. Entree Architect Academy. To learn more, go to the homepage at EntreeArchitect.com. You're listening to Entree Architect Podcast, and this is episode 171. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlepage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm Whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. The National Council of Architectural Registration Boards, also known as NCARB, is a nonprofit organization made up of architectural licensing boards of 54 states and territories. While each jurisdiction is responsible for regulating the practice of architecture within its borders, NCARB develops and administers programs for licensure candidates and architects throughout the nation. Our community of small firm architects is filled with people with very mixed feelings toward NCARB. Many see the benefits NCARB provides all architects, while some question the process and procedures required by the organization, and others have questions about whether NCARB is even relevant in our profession, whether small firms see any benefit to membership and certification. In short, our community of entrepreneur architects have many questions for the leadership at NCARB. So this week at Entre Architect Podcast, I'm sharing an interview that I conducted with both the current NCAR president as well as the incoming president. I asked our community for questions, and during the AIA Conference on Architecture live in Orlando, Florida, right there on the expo floor, I asked your questions. This week at Entre Architect Podcast, how does NCARB serve the small firm architect? With Christine Harding and Greg Ernie of the National Council of Architectural Registration Boards. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, FreshBooks, NCARB, BQE Software, and RCAT. FreshBooks, get organized, save time invoicing, and get paid faster. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks. And NCARB, helping architects reach their career goals. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash NCARB. And BQE Software, the makers of of ArchiOffice, office and project management software designed specifically for architects. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash BQE. And Arcat, the leading online resource for free building product information. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash Arcat. Christine Harding and Greg Ernie, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast.
2: Thank you. Happy to be here. Good morning,
0: Mark. We are recording live here today from sunny Orlando at the 2017 Conference on Architecture at the uh, NCARB booth here uh, on the expo, expo floor. NCARB is a platform sponsor of Entrez Architect, so I want to say thank you for supporting small firms and the, and the things we're doing at Entree Architect. Uh, your support means a lot to us, and I'm glad that we can help you sort of spread your word to our community here at Entree Architect. Absolutely. Uh, Christine is an architect based in Alabama, currently the president of NCARB. NCARB is the National Council of Architectural Registration Boards. Uh, And Greg is also an architect based in Nevada, not Nevada, Um, a small firm owner. So that's good. So welcome the community, welcomes you, Uh, and the incoming president-elect here at uh, at NCARB. So it's a pleasure to have you both here with me. I appreciate you taking the time out uh, and spending some time with us. Let's start like I always start here at Entree Architect Podcast, origin story. Go back to where you uh, discovered architecture, what inspired you to become an architect, and give us that story, that journey from that point to where you find yourself today here at NCARB.
2: Well, Mark, I grew up in Texas, and my um, parents always had a small piece of property, and my mother was always using graph paper to kind of draw the the floor plans, and I started doing that as well. And one day I was standing in the kitchen and uh, I was a sophomore in high school and she said you need to be an architect and I said what is that she said go to the dictionary and look it up (laughs) but anyway I started taking drafting in high school and um, just fell in love with it especially because they really focused on buildings and not just mechanical drafting and so when I um Decided to go to college, I I chose Rice University and um, studied architecture there, and it just, it it was a passion that grew. I mean, I think that all of my professors helped me grow that passion. Eventually, I ended up in Huntsville, Alabama, and fortunately, I worked for a small firm who had a really good transition plan and and grew uh, my experience and my leadership into being able to be president of that firm and take over the firm one day.
0: Great. Great. And Greg?
1: Well, I'm from a very small rural town in southern Indiana, so there aren't a lot of great uh, architectural uh, works in in my town. But uh, one of my earliest, uh, I guess, memories of coming, at least in recognizing that there's a a world of architecture, may have been playing in my grandfather's barn and being fascinated by the uh, way that... uh, These old timbers of the barn had been put together with a lot of uh, handiwork and craftsmanship and not a single nail or bolt. They were all wooden pegs, and uh, from there, I come from a background also of uh, a family of people who were involved in construction, so I was involved and around construction sites growing up, and uh, much like Christine, I uh, started down that path in high school, taking drafting classes and things like that, and... uh, Wound up going to Ball State University in Indiana and uh, persevering through a five-year program, and, and uh, then moving to Reno, Nevada after I graduated and uh, after I got licensed, started my own firm over 30 years ago and uh, I've right been away there ever since.
0: Right away, you started. Um, got your license and
1: in- uh, I I worked for a couple of firms, mm-hmm. but uh, one one day when uh, uh, during one of the recessionary periods in the uh, early 80s. I uh, was uh, released of my duties at the firm I was working and uh, decided, well, I needed something to do, and I found a little bit of work that grew into yeah. more work, and next thing you know, I decided, well, I'm going to just take this on and give it a whirl.
0: Yeah, I call that an accidental entrepreneur. Uh,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, so, but you were both you were both very active in, at NCARB, right, to get to national level president. Uh, How did that journey happen? How did you get involved at NCARB at a local level to move through the the process?
2: Well, I think not many people know this, but um, 13 years ago, I was appointed to our state registration board by the governor of Alabama. And that's really how you started NCARB because when you become a member of your registration board, you are then, as a registration board, a member of NCARB. And I'd always been a certificate holder, but I never realized that that was really the, you know, the how you actually became a member. So I served on our registration board for um, 12 years and through that came up through the leadership of the region in, in CARB, and then ultimately at the board level. Mine
1: starts uh, uh, getting involved in the local AIA chapter and I became uh, the president of the chapter, president of the uh, state, and when I got through that journey in uh, AIA, a spot on the state board opened up, and I was uh, offered the spot by the governor and uh, got onto the board, and much like Christine, chaired the board, and then got involved in NCARB and committee work. Uh, that led me to get involved in the regional uh, level of NCARB uh, and just have kind of found a home in this organization and the work, the work that it does in facilitating licensure and protecting the public, so...
0: So, so let's talk about that a little bit. Let's let's get basic first with N-carb. What what actually is N-carb? And maybe you can talk a little bit about the history of N-carb and how that happened and why it happened.
2: Well, um, in 2019, we're going to celebrate 100 years. And so, in 1919, um, at an AIA convention in Nashville, Tennessee, 13 states came together and decided that it would be really good to um, to combine and begin an organization or an association that help facilitate licensure and reciprocity um, among the states. And so that's grown to where we have 54 jurisdictions, which is all of our 50 states, guam puerto rico u.s virgin islands and the district of columbia so um those 54 jurisdictions are all members and we um we work together to try to help uh reciprocal licensure across state lines and um and to also promote the experience education experience and examination for an architect
1: and the uh the need to practice across state lines is, and, and the reciprocity benefit that NCARB has brought to the world of architecture goes back to its initial roots. Uh, it's always been one of its foundations. Uh, that Those 13 states, uh, back in the earliest days of licensure, the uh, states started adopting regulations for the practice, and then neighboring states uh, started doing the same thing. And the architects started thinking that, well, I want to practice next door in the next state. And so they started getting together and uh, offering mutual uh, recognition sort of uh, arrangements. That then grew to a regional sort of a basis. And so the the states working together and then working in regional formats kind of grew into that, what Christine talked about, the whole national uh, uh, program for Providing reciprocity for licensure across the all 54 jurisdictions?
0: Entree Architect is all small firms, that's our whole community. Mostly 15 member firms and less. Overwhelming majority are sole practitioners and firms of less than five. Um, what specifically does NCARP do for those small firm architects that may be different than you know, the large, large firms or even mid-sized firms? Is there any difference? Uh, with small firms, is there any benefit that they they receive? Uh...
2: Well, I think that one of the the most important things for small firms is the fact that um, there's an experience program so it 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 really is um, identifying those. Young professionals that are seeking um, experience within a firm, and I think for small firms and for and for the young professionals, that's a great environment because you pretty much, as Greg will tell you, you pretty much have to do it all, and so you're gonna you're gonna get a broad experience within a small firm. And I'll let Greg talk about his experience.
1: Well, I'm one of those under five uh, member firms. My my firm is is four. Uh, We've always been in the five to six uh, person range. Uh, currently, we're four. But I think one of the benefits that I've always uh, felt that NCARB, I guess, indirectly provided is because of the programs of uh, experience and education. When you looked at somebody's credential um, and you were looking to hire someone within the firm, as Christine alluded to, you, you need to be able to cook, do dishes, and uh, whatever, fold the laundry, uh, as, as we call it in our firm, because uh, we, uh, we, everyone's doing a lot of different duties. There is no compartmentalization or specialization within the firm, so you get a broad range of experience. And when you're looking to hire someone, you're looking for someone who has what you, a broad background most of the time because of that whole need to be able to do multitude multitude of tasks. So when you look at someone's resume and you understand where they are in the path to licensure, uh, you can kind of tell that. Uh, where they are in terms of their experience, capabilities, and what they may be able to contribute, and and then from that matter, uh, for that matter, you also need to know where you need to be able to uh, offer them some additional uh, opportunities uh, so that they can help not only help themselves but contribute broader and better to the firm.
0: When I was licensed, I did. I was licensed just before IDP, intern development program, was required. So I just missed that. Um, throughout my career, I've been working with IDP, with, with employees and, and uh, people within the community. IDP is no longer in existence. It's replaced by the AXP, the Architectural Experience Program, um, and a new, uh, a new thing called Portfolio, which uh, more experienced design professionals can now use their experience towards that uh, AXP uh, is it a certification or is it a?
2: Well, it's just experience. It, the experience. The port- so, yeah. so
0: can you can you talk about why that switch and what's different between or is it just a name change? Because, and we can talk about the the whole word intern as well. The word intern is also gone. We're not using intern throughout the profession essentially. Um, so maybe talk about the AXP uh, and the whole intern word and what what NCARB might be using instead of intern? That's a question that the community has asked us.
2: Well, first of all, I mean, all of the programs um, with NCARB are around one word. For instance, the ARE, which we've all been using for years, is our examination directorate. And so um, we began to look at kind of rebranding all of our programs to follow that. So that's one reason why we said AXP really falls more within um, are directed as an experienced part of the program, and of course we did um, we did a future title task force to look at the term intern, and just to explore um, what the reasons were for using that, and we and what we um, came to is the fact that it's not a term that's regulated, so we felt like from inter in terms of our um, jurisdictions that that was not a title that anybody needed to regulate and so we are really leaving that up to the business if your firm wants to call somebody a project manager or if your firm wants to call somebody a, a, a senior designer or something like that—that's perfectly okay. Just be sure that you're not using a term that might be uh, legislated within your within your state. But to the point about the portfolio, um, we realized um, recently that there's a lot of people that might have even stepped away from the profession or life got in the way. You know, they yeah. started a family, yeah. or they might have gotten into a more specialized part of their firm and now they've um, got a lot of experience but they can't step away from that in order to try to document and get more experience, especially now that we've got the six-month reporting rule. So if you're beyond five years and you have experience that you want to report and try to get back into pursuing licensure, you can use this AXP portfolio and you can document your um, experience that you had years ago. So it's really good for those people that might have gotten into a a leadership role in their firm but just can't step away to begin documenting six months of of experience.
0: Could you Can you elaborate on the six-month rule just so people understand what that is?
2: Well, the six-month rule is is that um, we, at at NCARB, within six months, and you've got a two-month grace period after after the experience, you need to report your experience. And that's mainly because if you're filling out a timesheet in your firm, do you really remember the following week what kind of, uh, what you were working on? So we felt like, um, well, and so... You need to document that experience up to the six months, and then you've got a couple months afterwards um, from that time. Otherwise, you'll lose it. And then beyond that, you get fifty percent up to five years. So beyond that, eight months or so, you've got fifty. You can get fifty percent credit. But you know the the other part of that is that um, within that time frame, you can also use the app, so you can walk out of a meeting and put down that you had two. Uh, you know. Yeah. two hours of a meeting, and um, we like to encourage that because that way then you're really uh, documenting just as, as soon as you've e- experienced that, um, that experience.
0: And the, and the app is available on the, the website? So yeah. Apple, so the, the app stores, yeah. you can get the, the NCARB app.
2: A-X-P app.
0: A-X-P app. Okay, yeah. great. We'll have a link on that on the show notes. We'll find that link and have it, and have it there. Um, we also have a link to the portfolio directly through Entree Architect as part of the, the platform sponsorship. If they go to EntreeArchitect.com slash NCARB, it'll take them right to that page. So uh, experienced design professionals can go, go check out what that is and how it works. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, RCAT, FreshBooks, NCARB, and BQE Software. You already know all about RCAT and their free BIM objects and their CAD details and their specifications and product information, all free, ready for you to use. Well, today, I want to share something new from RCAT. It's called Charette. Charette is a tool for sharing and collaborating with your colleagues and clients online in real time. You can upload photos and files, share specs and product information directly from the RCAT database as well as from other sources on the internet. I've been playing with Charette in beta for a while now, and it's really cool. And now it's available to you. I encourage you to go check it out. Visit RCAT online and click the Charette icon right there on the homepage. And like everything offered at RCAT, Charette is a free tool for us small firm architects too. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash 192 hours. You wish you had that much free time? That works out to about two business days every month. And when you're a small firm architect using FreshBooks cloud accounting software, that's the amount of administration time that you could save in 2017. That's time that you can spend doing the things you love, like being an architect. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team by project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. Sign up for a free 30-day unrestricted trial and get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid faster. Visit entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks to access FreshBooks for free. And be sure to enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Do you know someone in your firm who's always dreamed of getting licensed but was unable to complete the experience requirements? Well, maybe that person's you. Now you can get back on track with NCARB's new AXP portfolio. With this option, seasoned professionals can complete the Architectural Experience Program, the AXP, formerly known as the IDP, by submitting an online portfolio. Along with meeting your state's education and examination requirements, the portfolio will help you and your employees get one step closer to becoming a licensed architect. Learn more about NCARB's AXP portfolio at entrearchitect.com slash NCARB. One of the most often requested resources here at Entree Architect is project management software. How do we keep our projects and our people organized while we grow as entrepreneur architects. BQE Software, an AIA Advantage partner and the makers of Office, will show us how. Office is the only office and project management software designed specifically for architects. It will help us manage people and projects and allow us to focus on designing great architecture. Whether you're working remotely or on site, Office allows you to monitor the status of your projects and tasks and send out invoices in an accurate and timely manner. Entree Architect podcast listeners can get a fully functional 15-day trial of Archie Office today at entrearchitect.com slash BQE. RCAT, FreshBooks, NCARB, and BQE Software. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. Yesterday, I was I'm doing a bunch of uh, Facebook live here while I'm while I'm walking around and, and uh, throughout the, the conference and Yesterday I mentioned that I was coming here today to interview you and I wanted the community have an a community to have an op- An opportunity to ask you questions, and so I asked them what they might want to ask um, And so t- I want to I want to share some of those with you uh, Eduardo Colon actually asked about that early licensing program Sort of the the other side portfolio is sort of more for the more experienced architect, not architect design professional. Um, the the, uh, the IPAL is that what it's called? Is the is a uh, early licensing program that is that in sort of a beta mode or is that a full all out program right now? Can you talk about that program a little bit?
1: Well, the IPAL, the Integrated Path to Architectural Licensure is a is a new program. It's only a few years old, and it's a uh, uh, as it stated in the title, an integrated path where education, experience, and the testing are uh, being offered in an educational environment through 17 uh, university programs across the country. And uh, if you are in that program, the all the components of education, experience, and and uh, testing that you would take in the normal path. Uh, in a traditional path to licensure are contained within the education environment so that theoretically upon graduation you could be a licensed architect if you are able to accomplish and complete all of those tasks while you are in the university environment. So, And these 17 universities have set their programs up such that you will get exposure and the opportunity to succeed within each of those realms while you are, are there at the university. Now, it doesn't guarantee you're going to be uh, right. licensed upon graduation, but you will have the opportunity to uh, have uh, succeed in each of those realms and, and achieve that upon graduation.
0: Does NCARB see that as the future? Is this a test to see if that's, that's the way that, that the future uh, requirements will be handled?
2: Well, it's an alternative, and I think that one of the things we recognize is that you're going to have to be a very focused person to actually do this because it's it's going to embed the experience within your program. Um, We and we believe that most of the bachelor of architecture programs are going to become five; they'll become six-year programs because it's going to take about a year longer in order to do that experience. But I think that what you're going to find is that it's going to be very successful to those who are going to be able to have access to the ARE and take that exam before life gets in the way, before you yeah. graduate, yeah. before all of a sudden you're going to be in a in a work environment and, and, and procrastination could even set in. So I think that what's going to happen is we're going to begin seeing some metrics that are going to come in the next year or so and we're going to be able to measure um, the success of that and I really do think that the market is going to kind of be market-driven as to um, the success and and the people that are going to want to participate in that?
1: You know, one thing I wanted to add to that is that while there are these 17 programs that offer the IPAL uh, path, they also have a traditional path or that, that didn't go away in each of these university environments. So this is not for everyone, mm-hmm. but it is for those who uh, want to have a very, I, I guess I would call it a structured path, because one thing, while we may be great we as professionals may be great at putting things together. We're also maybe not so good at uh, staying on task. We're the eternal procrastinators at times. And, Absolutely. Uh, and so uh, the ability to have a, a, a path that's structured that can get you to an end end result that you're looking for, uh, for those who want that end result in an expedited and maybe structured path, I think this will be something that will, will be very advantageous to them.
0: Yeah. W- when I was licensed, I was the first or second year... Uh, when when they started with the computer testing, and so I didn't have to go to the big room and do it one time and you know once a year, uh, and so it, it's very interesting to see the process and the progress of of uh, of how the the um, the testing is going. Uh, this is sort of a combination question from Brian Pallets and Sean Tobin. They were talking about CEU tracking uh, and what benefits to uh, to certification for those. That may not need multi state uh, licensure, what's the benefit that they may receive from NCARB that, that others, uh, you know, be, beyond the obvious?
2: Well, currently, um, and I'm, I'm not sure if people are very familiar with our monograph series, but we've had for a long time monographs that can get you. Um, anywhere from one hour to eight hours to sixteen hours worth of health, safety, and welfare, um, continuing education. We're now offering, we've broken those up into many monographs. We roll one out each month, and that's um, you know that's a benefit to being a certificate holder. You get those free of charge. And personally, we've used those in our in our library in our office. They're very informative. There might be slow uh, you know low slope roofing, um, just things that are really good re, um, reference materials. But additionally, we are pursuing. Um, helping people facilitate the renewal of their license. And we think that uh, because we have a direct relationship with the state boards that if we can help facilitate that renewal through your certificate, um, that's going to be a, a real benefit. But we're in the process of creating some software and um, and being able to launch that in the next couple of years. And additionally, we think that at that point, because Ncarb is the record, you know, kind of the record keeping association, we think that as you um, obtain your uh, continued education, you can send us your AIA transmittal or you can send us um, you know, documentation of your CE and we can keep that as well and then help that as part of the renewal process.
0: That was exactly Sean's question. Was there any process now or in the future of, of tracking our continuing education? So it's very easy for states. different states have different requirements. Here's the file and here, it'll be great. Um, What about construction experience? Kathy uh, uh, Sversi says that uh, she'd like to be able to use some of the construction experience or maybe even some habitat work that they've done towards experience, uh, towards licensure.
1: Well, within the existing programs of NCARB and the experience program, construction observation and actual construction time working with a contractor actually counts towards uh, part of the experience uh, completing part of the experience requirement and I think it's it's really great uh, in terms of the one of the advantages of being in a small firm is uh, you may be drawing something in the morning and you're going to take it and deliver it into that contractor's hands in the afternoon and then deal with the issue that may have Uh, that that has occurred on the construction site so you're constantly getting uh, even within not not necessarily putting hammers uh, to a nail but getting that construction exposure on a constant basis so I I think one of the one of the advantages of being in a small firm uh, is the hands-on experience that you get throughout the throughout the project and and for me that's always been a very rewarding part of being a small firm practice
0: yeah, I think construction experience is so important. I, I actually personally feel that construction experience should be a requirement for a licensure. I think every architect should swing a hammer and hit a nail, see on in, in the field. And not only about the construction part, but the relationships between architects and contractors, the things you learn on the site about how contractors think about architects, that's so valuable when you become an architect and start interacting with contractors to understand how they think of us. Uh, and to be able to interact with them. So, uh, so it's great to see that construction experience is, is encouraged and is, uh, is acceptable as experience.
2: I'd like to also add that right now the um, AIS, which is the student association within the schools, is also doing um, Freedom by Design. And what we're asking them to do is they they need to collaborate with their state boards or with a firm because they need to be under the responsible control of an architect. But what they're doing is that they're they're identifying a need within their community and then they're um, they're creating a project that's going to be community-based, and then they're constructing it. So I think that even anybody who's working in a firm, if they wanted to get some hands-on construction experience, they could collaborate with the student organization of the local university and um, and participate in the Freedom by Design program.
0: That's great. I've seen some of the work that they've done, some of the creations that they come up with. It's really inspiring to see. Because they get, not only get to build it, but they're designing these exactly. really interesting.
1: And, and, and they fulfill, a, 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 I guess, a need in the community where there are smaller projects and people are maybe reluctant and are hesitant to get a get an architect involved because there's maybe a smaller scale. But they, they tend to provide a, a, a very nice uh, solution to a local problem that, may not be otherwise uh, attainable in in the normal realm of quote-unquote practice, I guess. Right,
0: right. Um, There's sort of a a general feeling, and actually this is is a a comment that I hear often throughout the community, sort of about the the frustration and the struggle of interacting with NCARP and, and the time that it takes to get things done or the time it takes to file uh, issues. Are there um, specifics that are happening now or in the future to make that that process smoother?
2: Well, I since I've been involved with NCARB for the last 13 years, I have to say that when I first started, um, there was a real customer service um, um, issue that was um, perception that was going on. And we have been able to, through Greg's and my involvement, really help with the programs to streamline a lot of those processes so I would just encourage if somebody hasn't been engaged with CARB recently um, they need to really come back and see how things have improved but most importantly the records that you all may have um, that, that you might have started years ago they may still be paper and if that's the case we need to convert that to digital and, um, and, and we're in the process of doing that. But if, if you have been more recently involved and everything is right at the fingertips, and for instance, if you do want reciprocity in a, in a, a neighboring state, sometimes that transmittal will get there in a day. It's, it's greatly improved from years ago.
0: Great, great. It, it, um, I encourage everyone who's listening to go to the website. Actually, go through our link so they know that you're coming from us. Uh, entrearchitect.com slash ncarb and go see the site uh, see how it's working look at the processes uh there's links there that you can interact with ncarb and and ask questions if you have to uh, or have any specific questions uh go see it and see how it works
1: and uh ncarb has just updated its website it's brand new look brand new uh operationally in terms of its uh, ability to be respond to the users who, who tap into it. And we like to think it's become greatly improved in terms of its user friendliness and much more responsive to those who want to find the information you're talking about.
0: Great. Uh, let's, let's wrap things up with the future. You know, we talked a lot about the past and how the history of, of NCARB. We talked about what's happening, talked about a little bit of uh, perception. You know, there's, a, there's sort of a myth about how NCARB works, they should go check it out. What about the future? What's what what's happening from this point forward that maybe we should be watching out for?
2: Well, I'll let Greg talk a little bit more about this because he really is the future. Um, and I'm just wrapping up my year as president, but he has asked me to chair a task force next year to look at the next 100 years of end carbon regulation and just to, to figure out where regulation going to be as we enter into more technology, just what is our practice going to be looking like? What exactly are we regulating? Are we regulating software? Are we regulating the individual? So I'll let Greg talk about where he's going next year.
1: Well, Christine hit on, hit, hit on one of the initiatives we're going to explore in the as we wrap up our first 100 years, we want to look ahead to the to the next 100, which in reality will probably happen in the next 10 because uh, technology right. and everything is moving at a much more accelerated pace. So uh, that's why we want to start looking at it now before it's in our past. And one of the things we want to look at in the immediate future is uh, strengthening the whole mentorship supervisor aspect of the experience program. While we've updated and uh, hopefully gotten the things moving better from the uh, candidate's perspective. We also now want to bring all of our experienced practitioners who are the mentors and supervisors and get them uh, involved and more engaged and being more responsive and uh, being a better service to our uh, uh, aspiring architects who are utilizing them for getting through the experience component of the licensure process.
0: I thank you both for spending some time here. I know you're busy this is a, a very busy floor that we see um, before I let you go I just want to ask the same question that I ask all my guests uh, what is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow
2: I really want to encourage everybody to think about a transition plan and who's going to carry all the efforts and the design and the and the and the um, Vision that you 've had today into the future, I was a beneficiary of a really good um, leadership transition plan, and carrying the firm forward. I just I think that everybody needs to have a good one in place
1: and for me um, don 't be scared to go out and participate in projects that um, are often perceived to be unattainable by a, a four person firm uh, if you 're willing to uh, affiliate with uh, other folks and and collaborate in in the today's world you can do projects uh at every arena and every uh i guess respond to every need that that architectural services are are uh, are required these days
0: go visit the website entrearchitect.com slash ncarb will take you right to the portfolio page and then you can go check out all the rest of what's going on at ncarb thank you very much for taking the time with me here today I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and the history of NCARB here at Entree Architect Podcast. Thank
1: you, Mark. Thank you very much, Mark. It was a pleasure.
0: If you liked what we shared here today, complete show notes and a direct link to download this episode will be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 171. You know, many of the questions I presented to Christine and Greg today were provided by you, members of the Entree Architect community. The morning before I recorded this interview, I shared my plans with the members of our free private Facebook group, and I asked you, the small firm architect, to share your thoughts and your questions for me to ask during the interview. And I was overwhelmed by your response. Even days following the interview, members continued to provide their open and honest questions and feelings regarding how NCARB serves the small firm community. I thought that discussion was so valuable that I shared the entire thread without any names or identification, so don't worry, with NCARB, with with the leaders. And I offered to organize a live webinar so members of this community and the leaders of NCARB might have the opportunity to interact and learn from one another. So stay tuned for that, I'm still working on it. So first of all, I I wanna thank you. I wanna thank you for sharing your thoughts for this interview and every day at the Entrez Architect Community Facebook group. It is such a valuable resource. It's such a valuable community for small firms. So I thank you. I also want to thank Christine Harding and Greg Ernie for taking time out of their very, very busy schedule during the expo, during the, the convention, the conference, to speak with me and to answer our questions and provide some very valuable information about NCARB and for clarifying how NCARB is in fact serving small firm. So thank you again, Christine and Greg. I appreciate your time and I appreciate the information and I look forward to our, our continued discussion. I also want to thank Samantha Miller, the senior content producer for marketing and communications at NCARB, who worked with us to arrange the interview and continues to work with us to make NCARB more accessible to our community, community of small firms. And if you have any additional questions or comments or want to share your thoughts on this episode or anything about NCARB, please visit the show notes and leave a comment at entrearchitect.com slash episode 171. If you want, if you like the idea of a webinar bringing NCARB and Entree Architect community together, let me know. Go to entrearchitect.com slash episode 171 and let me know if we have a bunch of people on that, on that page saying they want to do that. I could bring that to NCARB and maybe they'll spend some time with us uh, and ask answer some of the questions that we have, some of your questions directly from you. So do that. entrearchitect.com slash episode 171. And don't forget to visit the website while you're there. Go to the homepage, and you'll learn about how you can access unlimited business resources, courses, training, and community at entree architect community, at entree architect academy. <laughs> learn all about how we can help you at entrearchitect.com learn all about entre architect academy my name is mark arlapage and i am an entrepreneur architect i encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect love learn and share what you know keep sharing what you know thanks for listening and have a great week